Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the People by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss. Joined with my co-host, Will Blackman. And you can join us, too, because Extra Points is hitting the road. Extra Points Live, probable loser. All Extra Points talent will appear for a meet and greet and a live podcast at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas on Monday, January 9th from 2 to 3.30 local time. And then immediately after, you're encouraged to stay and watch the National Football National Championship with us, of which you better come because I... A diehard Michigan fan is going to go to Las Vegas instead of the game, which is around the corner from my house, going all the way to Vegas to watch this. So you come and revel and celebrate as Michigan raises the national title banner. That's an extra points live, probable loser. Tickets are on sale right now at Ticketmaster and at Vegas.com. Also, we'll be doing a live watch party at the Kimmel Comedy Club the day before. That's Sunday. All the NFL games, week 18, with us from 10 a.m. to 4.30 local time. And then after that evening, Megan Gailey, the one and only Megan Gailey from Megan Sports, will be performing comedy at 8 o'clock. It's all happening at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. Busy day, busy weekend for the, G- for the JKCC, but... Tickets available to watch Megan also on sale at Ticketmaster at Vegas.com. Will Blackman, it'll be a pleasure and a privilege to hang out with you in Las Vegas, Nevada in just a few short weeks. You know, it would be, but I'm still in the air. I'm st- Unfortunately, I'm still in the air. Oh, uh, no, no. This says, this says all extra points talent. So, like, that, well, all listen, extra points if, talent. If Sal wants to send me the private jet, so I can leave after my son's uh, basketball game, then I'm with it. <laughs> let's let's well, do it. By the way, I was thinking like, what 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 we what we got to get Sal for us to do is he he needs to have you and I be on more more games on site. I think you and I will have a lot of fun, and we will have some cool content, just like messing with the fans, going to like we were we will have fun. I think I think our dry humor and how we mess with people, I think it'll be pretty good. So I'm you want to do a little, that. I mean, you know, Sal is of the, of the late night era. You know what I'm saying? You want to do a little man on the street. Yeah. You know, what I'm you know something man like on that. the street type you, interviews. You know, man at the tailgate, you know, man gate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, you know, we're always looking to be innovative and I'm good with, I'm, I'm good with the people on the streets, by the way. Um, like I'm not, I'm not big. I'm not crazy. Like, you know, who follows who, who does what, you know, on social. I'm like, okay, I see someone cool, someone verified, followed me. And, um, but man, literally, like just two minutes ago, I, I look up and Barry Sanders followed your boy on Instagram, man. I'm just going to let you know. Oh, man, really? like, that, like, like for me, man, that's, I know you're a Michigan dude. I'm not from Michigan, but I was, a, I was a big Lions fan. I was a big Barry Sanders fan, which is why I like the Lions. But, but for me, I was, I was like, I'm good. I don't need to record today. You know, I could just leave and, and, so I mean, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. About 15 seconds before we started recording, you said my life has changed forever. Yes. I'll save it for the show, which is a terrifying proposition for me because I have no idea what you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not like I think this is this is the light, because this would be something to me. I'd be like, yo, whoa, Barry Sanders follows me. Like I, I would feel like I've elevated. You know, I, I feel yeah. like I've elevated up a level in the social media game. Is that how you're currently feeling? Is no, this, I, this I feel the big like, news, right? well, he, he, he is the sole reason why I started playing football. Oh, the my. sole reason. So for me, even at, after playing 12 years, winning Super Bowl, 38 years old, grown man, like that was big for me. I never met the dude, you know? And so that was big. By the way, I want, before we get into the show, I had a situation this weekend. I, I actually yelled at a referee. At a sixth oh, grade wow. basketball game, I did, I did, I did. I, I, you know what? I had to, I had to. Um, Pardon me. I, I never. I am not that parent to to be chirping. Now I may be like, hey, you know, watch this, or watch this, but I'm not going to get up and yell and cause a scene. However, this referee was hanging out with the other team's parents while the game was going on the other end of the court. Like he was hanging out with them, talking with them, laughing with them. And I noticed this majority of the game. 
So then he's down there on the other side again. My son goes up for a layup, straight gets his arm pulled to the side, and there's no whistle. When I yell, I stand up, I go, wow. And all the parents got up and yelled, foul. And then he looked at us. He blew the whistle and was like, foul. Like, okay, I'll call this one. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, you're down there all day talking to the parents, not even watching the game. You're going to do some work today? And But when I said it, it you know, you, you think you can say it and there's a crowd. It was clear as day. Like everybody, <laughs> <laughs> everybody heard me chirping. They're like, this man never says anything. And he did. And the ref kind of looked at me like he want, like, you know, he had an issue with me. But after that, though, he got to work. He never went down so, there again. Everybody yelled foul at once. And then you continue to yell, foul, you stupid idiot rap. Call the whistle. <laughs> I did everything. I did everything not to curse because I knew where I was. I did everything not to curse. I was ready to chirp him out. But anyhow. You know, you said that uh you said that Sal needs to get you to PJ to fly out after your son's game. A trip to Vegas might do you good. Sounds like you're a little tightly wound at some of these basketball games. Uh you know what though? It's it's just uh, it's I'm not someone I, I talked to one of the executives. They were like, is the ref why you guys lost the game? I was like, no, the ref had nothing to do with us losing the game. We lost the game because we didn't play well. It's the fact that he wasn't engaged. I'm cool with L's, man. Like, wait, you said you were talking to one of the executives of what? Of the league, the sixth yeah, grade league. I was that was that bad. <laughs> I went to I went listen, I went to the authorities. This guy went to Roger Goodell in sixth grade basketball and said, <laughs> I, went I don't to the, like the officiating out here. Get this man up out of here. Hey, get sides. this man, man, get this dude up out of here, man. I ain't trying to hear none of that. God forbid he does that to another team. Come on, man. I need this no, dude out of here, bro. We're gonna see coming down the ticker. Will Blackman find ten dollars for complaining about officiating in the middle yeah, school let, basketball? Yeah, go ahead. I'm with it. I'm tired of this. Well, you know, look, middle school basketball, middle school sports in general. I can get it. They they matter a lot because apparently they mattered enough to get Jeff Saturday enough coaching experience to get a head coaching job in the NFL. Because <laughs> no, you're not going to go for that. Nothing. Say it Nothing. again. I was saying how middle school, you were saying that you middle school sports, you were yelling at the ref and how you're not that parent. And I said, well, you know, middle school experience matters because apparently it's all Jeff Saturday needed to be eligible to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. His, and his coaching experience, you know, I was making a joke because he had Man, no when are we going to get it? When are we going <laughs> to? Why do we have to get into it, Will? Because they had the biggest. No, I didn't uh, say. I didn't say what no. I to get into it. I'm saying like, people are going in on Jeff Saturday. It's like, dude, he was just there to like a, for a temp role. Like he wasn't. He wasn't a March hire, or I don't know. He was. It's like, come on, man. People are going in on Jeff Saturday because he blew a 33 point lead in the second half. There's only 30 minutes total. That's the second time they gave up a 33-burger in the second half of a game. In two weeks, right? I mean... Then Dallas scored 33 and a quarter? Yeah, but the difference was, at least at that point, it was a tie game, or a close-to-tie game, and then Dallas went on a run. Like, it was a game that was in contention. The spread was still in play. This one, they were down, I mean, up 30 at halftime. Like, how do you lose a game in which the other team is going into the locker room saying, we only need five touchdowns, bro. We only need five <laughs> touchdowns. Hey, man. I, I don't I don't know. Like, you could not – you could not say – you cannot predict that. Like, 33 zip in a pro game, it's a wrap. Like it is a wrap. I don't care what the other team tries to do. Like it ain't happening. But it happened. <laughs> I mean, but it happened. That's that's just, it's just it's it's mind boggling to me, man. And and I will say this because of that comeback, that is probably the best thing that has happened for the Minnesota Vikings this year because. You you can't you can't get that experience. You can't get that experience in practice. You can't get that experience by like trying to watch other other teams do it. You know, you can go back to the, you know, when Buffalo played the Oilers in that crazy comeback game. You can't you can do all the things, but the fact that you actually went through it 
and came back 33 from 33 zip. Now you have it on tape. Like, hey, despite despite whatever deficit we have, we can get this done. Because okay, we shot it. I get it. And it obviously no, you don't get it. Be, I mean, you don't get it. You're just trying to see you're just trying to say I get it. You're just trying to say I get it. You're trying to say get it and get to your point. You're trying to say I you just want to get to your point. That's what you're like, yeah, I get it. I got something to say. Go ahead and no, say I'm it. about to ask you about the doggone Vikings. My point about the calls has been made. It's tarred feather beating the horse is dead. The the uh the Vikings though. They're great in one score games all season, and I kind of tend to think that that is more of a skill than not, right? The ability to kind of you. What's that? Was it like plus two or something like that? And then yeah. So, but how much is there a place where you get to too much of this experience? Like, can we just blow somebody out? Can we just go in and not have some major adversity to come down? And it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about last week about the Cowboys. And like they they seem to be playing to the standard of their opponent, and we'll get to that game in a little bit. But like they don't come out there like the same way that the Eagles had in a few weeks prior, where they seemed that they had set their own standard. Yeah, I mean, but these are the harder games to win, all the close games. You know, again, though these are situations that you cannot replicate in practice like the fact that they are battling out and winning these close games is is great for them because say you are just blowing teams out you know and you you having close games against the ones that against teams that that are hard to beat and you're blowing out the teams that you should beat. um but then once playoff time comes it, it might be a different situation so i think all these close games are are good especially to have a a uh, rookie head coach and Kevin O'Connell, and you're able to win these close games and have these big comebacks. Like that's a big deal. That's going to pay dividends for them. Uh, it, or hopefully it does w- when the playoff time comes, because again, they have shown everything they have shown like, Hey, you know, we got smacked against Dallas and we came back the next week and we dropped 33 on the Patriots. Then we, you know, then we put 27 on one of the best defenses in the Jets. And then yes, we go to Detroit, you know, and we get we get bopped by Detroit. We they put up thirty four on us, and then we have this miraculous comeback versus the you know versus the Colts. So, I mean these, I mean right now they're good in terms of like they won a division. So these last three games, okay, it's gonna be interesting, but they're already in. But I, I think all those close games pay dividends because usually when a team, when you when you find out a team is close, right? Like let's take the Detroit Lions, like yeah. Last year, they had so many single-digit losses last season where that's like it's encouraging. You're like, man, if they could just do this a little bit more or or figure this out. Like those single-digit losses for Detroit last year was was experience. It was actually motivating for them. Like, okay, like we're not as far off as as we thought we were. So that's why coming into this season, it's like we're we're coming in to try to take heads off. Did I think they were going to be as good? No. But again, I think the fact that they had single-digit losses last year paid major dividends. And so for the Minnesota Vikings to have these single-digit wins because they actually have the roster that's able to do, you know, it's it's massive for them. So I tend to agree with that. And you said, like, this is the type of thing like you can't really replicate in practice. And I'm sure you you drill it down as much as you can. You do, yeah, you try to when, go, you try still, to go but, yeah, you go good on good, like ones versus ones. And like, hey, you know, you guys, they needed a touchdown. There's a minute and a half on the clock. Ball's on the minus 35. Let's go. You know, yeah, like you do something it's, it's like the that. difference between being in a driving simulator and being on the freeway. <laughs> the stakes are a lot higher uh, when you're going 70 miles an hour. But one of the things that, I know I feel like teams have to practice this, but it can't really ever go this bad was the whole end of the game for the New England Patriots. Like, you know, I do a thing called Martin's Meathead on the on the Tuesday extra points where I go and I try to highlight some of the dumber things that I feel like happened in, in, in you know, in the league and try to crown a meathead. I figured now normally pick three. You could pick three meatheads on this play this aim ending play i had a fourth one in just for fun because first you have bill belichick not kneeling the ball down running the ball with Ramondre stevenson at the end of the game right you're gonna run out if the plan is to run and go down why don't you just take out the running part and just go ahead go down right and just run the clock out right right? 
Secondly, Ramondre Stevenson, instead of going down, he decides, you know what? Jacoby Myers is right here with like four, five more yards to the so that's number line. two, Meathead. I'll flip it to him, right? Then Jacoby Myers comes back. Third Meathead. The third Meathead for sure looks up and says, yo, Mac Jones in the middle of the field, you know, he, since he's got world-class speed and athletic ability, I'm sure if I get him the ball. And he has no one complete- else behind him to pitch it to. Right. So I'm sure he'll have the perfect ability to bend this edge because, like Mac you said, Vick. he's got nobody else behind him to, to throw it to. So that you know, throws the ball up into the air. And in the fifth one, Mac Jones himself, for not for just, I mean, deer in headlights. He took a charge. That's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> wrong sport bro wrong sport bro <laughs> i mean deer in headlights because here's the thing i'm not expecting mac jones to catch the ball and do anything with it at all but i would have liked to see mac jones turn into a little bit of a defensive back i've seen numerous times in which wide receivers have gone up there and broken up passes uh, uh that mac jones should have had that were interceptions right that should have been interceptions Mac. Why don't you have your wide receivers back, bro? Just go break it up, right? Look, and I, I, get, I get it was still a bit of lateral, and the ball still would have been loose. But you know what? You wouldn't have got ran over like that. Look, but here's the thing, right? They always say once you do something that that's notable, it's on tape, right? Uh huh. What was the biggest? What was the most controversial thing Mac Jones did last year? The Brian Burns trying Brian to, Burns. to, to trip him <laughs> today. And he got hurt. Hey, man, where's the trip at? But I will say in Mac Jones' defense, two, two reasons why I'll give a little a smidge of grace to Mac Jones. Um, one, okay, the fact that there was a lateral happening. Yes. And he's like, yo, like, like what is going on? So he's part of the domino effect. I think Jacoby was part of the domino effect, too. Because then he did not expect the ball. So what happens? The ball gets pitched to you, and you're thinking like, "Okay, let's just let's just do this now." Now that we're doing it, but also when the ball gets pitched to Mac Jones, I'm sure he saw this massive Raider jersey just cover a whole shadow that he couldn't see in Chandler <laughs> Jones, and was like, "I don't know what's happening, what I need to do." And all of a sudden, boom, he wasn't ready for that. So I don't think after Stevenson did that pitched the ball. Nobody else was ready for what was going on. So that was that was just a whole mess in itself. Shout out to the Raiders for making Sunday exciting. My favorite part of the play, if you watch the replay, Chandler Jones whiffs on a tackler, Ramondre Stevenson, at the line of scrimmage. And if you watch, like, you know, obviously – it's not all 22 if you watch a TV copy. So the camera moves away and Chandler Jones is out of the frame. Mm-hmm. By the time the ball gets back to where Chandler Jones is, he looks like he hadn't taken a single step, right? Like he misses the tackle and then he gets up and you can see a Patriot offensive lineman push him, right? But he's like the Raiders word is right there on the logo. Let's say he's standing on the second R in Raiders. He catches the ball like on the D. In, in Raiders, like he didn't move, but but it was two or three yards after missing the tackle with Ramondre Stevenson because he and Ramondre Stevenson, mind you, had gone 30 yards the other way. You know, I just like him not running out the play got him a game winning touchdown. So there's a lesson there. I don't know what it is though. Hmm. So I see that you have uh, you, you got your chains on today. Medallions, pendants, repping two winning teams this week. Two of my winning teams. My let's, winning teams. Let's talk about one of them. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has had his best game of his career three times so far this season. Three times this year, yes, against worthy opponents. And this was a Dallas defense that was um, one of the more formidable in the league. Michael Parsons did have a sack in this game, but and Trevor and to be fair, Trevor Lawrence did have what was a could have been an incredibly costly fumble down the stretch in this game. But I think we've seen the floor on Trevor Lawrence and the floor on the Cowboys defense as well. And I think, you know, after this overtime loss that uh ended on a Dak Prescott pick six, I'm concerned about the Cowboys in a little bit. And also, 
I'm hype about the Jags. I am hype about William Trevor Lawrence. His name is William, by the way. They just call him Trevor. Which why 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 can't he just be called William? You know, that's that's a good name. William really Lawrence. Name. William Lawrence. That that sounds like a lord, right? Doesn't it, Lord William Lawrence? William, <laughs> William Lawrence sounds like like uh, you know the 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 co- the co-star in Braveheart. He sounds like <laughs> a du- he sounds like a du- <laughs> like a duke or a lord. Uh, you know what? It's it's interesting, man. Because uh, again, you know. You mentioned how I, you know, I've been I've been on Fox lately doing my thing uh, on on the show with Acho and Joy and Dave, and we were asked the question like, "Hey, why was like who's to blame for the Cowboys' loss?" Right? And you can say Dak, you can say McCarthy, you can say the defense, you can say Noah Brown, you can say whoever you want. And me, I'm blaming the Jaguars because they were legit <laughs> the better football team. They play good football and they're there. It just shows you what happens when you have a well coached team right now. Doug Peterson is maximizing every body who is suited for that game. If you are dressed, you are getting utilized. It kind of reminds me of how Kyle Shanahan does that with his guys. Like if you are dressed, you are part of this plan. You're not just there. We're not just playing 22 guys. We're playing 43 or however many guys get to dress that day. Like it's, it's, it's going up. So that's, I, I think is exciting what's going on. Like Trevor right now, he is he, like sometime next year or depending on what happens this year, they get in the playoffs and let's say they make a deep run who he does well. I don't know. Maybe he does something crazy like Joe Burrow does and they end up in the Super Bowl. I'm not going that crazy, but things can happen. Like he's, he's pushing himself into that, that new era upper echelon, which, which people were projecting him to be, you know, in, in that category. So overall, they're just playing good football. And you got I me, mean, Jamichael Hasty's doing some stuff in the in the in the in the backfield. Jamal Agnew is just a returner, but he's doing things receiving and rushing. Like all these guys right here, you know. So I think I th- I think that to me is what if if the most has me interested in what's happening in Jacksonville is is these guys that he is getting the ball to are are. When you see them in other places, they're backup running backs, they're kick returners. Zay Jones is a second or third wide receiver. Marvin Jones is a second or third wide receiver. Right. He was descending yeah. after he left Detroit. You're like, okay, right. what's he gonna do? You know, and I'm not even trying to not I'm not trying to no knocks to any of them. It's just it is right. what it is. When why'd you, look you, at why'd it you when give you, Christian Kirk all this money? That's his well, guess who guess who's Trevor's best friend is? Right. Yeah. They they needed somebody who could at least masquerade as a number one receiver, right? You know, and uh, that's what's. I mean, Evan Ingram's a tight Evan end. Evan Ingram, you exactly. Know, it's like, it's like he's it's, on it's, pace it's, for it's, his best season. It's it, and you know what? Just on a on a whim, I'd say there's probably a few other of those skill players who are on pace for their best season as well with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball. There's still some things that are weird. I think he misses high more than he should. Yeah, of course, of but, course. Um, but ultimately, I think, like I said just now, we've seen the floor for Trevor Lawrence and uh, the Cowboys defense, though. And I got a lot of crap for this on extra points when I said it, uh, maybe like it was like week six or seven. But mm-hmm. I was like, I'm still not sold on the Cowboys defense. And Dave and Sal were like, what? How could you not be sold on the Cowboys defense? And right. I, the There's reason a lot of, why, there are a lot of questions. Well, part of the reason why was okay. I was like, this defense has a pass rush that wins a lot. That's huge. But what happens if that pass when they rush don't stops win. winning? When they right? don't win, yes. What happens when they don't win? What is everything else that's going on there? Because as you know, if you can block it, you can do it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. just in terms of what offense is trying to play. Right. And also, I know you have Trayvon Diggs, and and you're normally going to, you know, he's 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 a top level corner, even though you know he's not maybe not guessing a ton, you know, sometimes, but I don't say yeah, guessing but he's in a still negative dangerous way. if you throw the ball in his area. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't mean guessing in a negative way. Guessing has a negative connotation, but like Troy no, Palomaro he, he does, no, he, a does lot gamble, too. he does gamble a bit. Yeah, but, but I mean he, that's but he's I not just, worried yeah. about getting beat. Right. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah, there you go. He's not worried, he's not worried about getting beat by trying to make a play. Right. Um, but boss man fat, Kelvin Joseph next door. Uh, that's an issue. And then as 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 they Jordan Lewis went down and right. they started losing defensive backs, I started to be concerned about how this team could cover. I think it came to fruition in this game, as you're seeing Zay Jones and Jamal Agnew running down the sideline. Right. No, no that's and that is that is my concerning thing with this team is 
I also said too when I was on the show, I was like, on the opposite side, whoever's covering on the opposite side of Trayvon Diggs, every time you turn the TV, you see somebody trailing. Like there's a deep shot over there. Like Zay Jones hit him with a mean double move, you know, which mm-hmm. I need to still go back and look at like, why did he jump that? Why did he jump that route? So it's it's little things like that, you know? Um, but just, I I give, instead of me... Like, oh, what happened to the Cowboys? It's like, no, Jaguars are playing really good football. They were legit. I know at one point, you know, end of the third, for sure, it's 27-17. You're like, hey, they just got to, like, do their thing. Like, Dallas got this game. Just hold on. But then, yeah, it just shows the resurgence of Trevor. Um, but Trevor did he, – he had a cool interview earlier this year where he talked about, you know, they had a really bad loss. And, and a lot of it well, – he said most of it was because of his play. And that he's like, hey, I'm not going to – I'm not going to put my team in that position again, you know, and it just shows you when you have a quarterback of that caliber and you, you match him with a coach that is going to do everything to highlight his skill set and what he can do and can understand him mentally in the Doug Peterson. Uh, it just shows you like how, how important it is. Cause there could, you know, we, we saw what happened last year when he, when Trevor didn't have what he needed, you know, and he still was able to try to do something, that were positive. Um, so yeah, I, I think is I think it's awesome for Jacksonville and and Dallas definitely it, it's concerning because again, this this uh, note again, I gave all the credit to Jacksonville. They're a really good football team, but this is a game Dallas should have walked away with. Especially when I you're agree. up, especially when you're up 27 17 at the at the end of the third quarter. Now you just you go, okay, Zeke, blah, blah. And then the defense, like, let's hold on. Like, let's just why are we jumping routes? They need to. They need to score. They need to throw the ball. So, you know. And then, yeah, that last drive when, you know, Mikey gets the ball back from Trevor. Third and four, we're taking shots. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just. Yeah. It's it's and then you give the ball back and then they go right down the field. Like it's it's pretty wild. What do you make of uh, Dak's turnovers? He's got the most turnovers in the league since uh, coming back with his injured thumb. Yeah, I mean, with with Dak's turnovers, like here's the thing: I'm not I'm not mad at him being more aggressive this season. Like I like because Dak is known for playing well, and then he's also known for, from my experience, playing against him and watching him is kind of like he's making all the safe throws. Like he's going to do things right. He's intentionally not going to turn the football over. Like Aaron Rodgers did not turn the football over. Aaron Rodgers was aggressive as hell. He just always made the right throws and he can put the football wherever he wanted. But Aaron Rodgers is throwing a lot of picks this year because he's being aggressive with receivers that he can't be aggressive with. And I think that's the same case for Dak. Dak is being aggressive with with receivers he can't be aggressive with. If that out route was to Amari Cooper, it's caught. It's caught. I get you. So it's like issues with guys not crossing over the defender's face, not getting, not, not, not winning the top of their routes, and you got to throw the time. Like it's more so as stuff like that. Yeah, because it's funny. I just had a conversation, you know, with my wife yesterday about, you know, about certain about talking about my son and his IQ in basketball, how he, how he's learning more. Like once he deals with experience, he gets to learn more. Like okay, I can pass the ball like this. I could pick and roll in these situations. And I was talking about how. You don't know until you are in that situation what it looks like. For example, when we played, when I was playing against Drew Brees, I was draped over one of the receivers. And Drew Brees found a way to throw him open. He threw it between his knees where I couldn't get the actual football and it was completed. So so now that I went through that experience, I was like, okay, like when he's covered, some guys are still open and you can kind of throw them open. But it was also, you know, he had talented guys who he could do that with. And so I, my situation there, like that that split second when Noah Brown ran that out route, like that was on the money that was there. Catch it, boom, get down. The fact that it hit him in the chest, bounced into the into the uh, Jenkins' hands, and he went for a pick six. When you have a receiver who has under who understands that situation, who who can play with his big body like an Amari Cooper. Yeah, you can be aggressive. But I just feel like he he is being aggressive, but he doesn't have receivers he can be aggressive with. Hence, a lot of tip turnovers are happening too. Right. 
you know, and you know, Dak loves him some Noah Brown. To your point, he does of, no doubt. He had a really good camp. He had a really good camp. I went to their practice against the Chargers. Yeah. He was he was the only bright spot. You know, I mean, obviously, CD like it was known. Like sure. there was nothing to say about him, but he was because the, they had nobody else. That's why when I left that practice, I was like. I wouldn't be, you know, I don't know where he is, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas starts knocking on OBJ's door. You know, obviously we will get to that later, but. Yeah, that that's a, a saga that never ends. But so when you're watching Sunday Night Football uh, with the Giants and the Commanders, are you wearing like a split jersey? There? No. Like, are you like, are, are you rooting for you? Like, which side do you have allegiance to more than the other? My helmets are right there. We're good. Whoever wins, but, really. Whoever, oh, that's that's a hard way to lose. Then I don't lose. That's what happens. Unless they tie, like they did the (laughs) other. Again, I don't lose. So, so were you happy for the Giants win or upset at the refs for the Commanders loss? Because apparently, the refs cost them the game. I am. I hate as you as you know as I mentioned earlier. I hate bad calls. I hate bad refing. Call it how it is, how how it should be. And was it Curtis Samuel? That's what it was, right? The receiver. Yeah. He got he got beat up. He got beat up the whole. It wasn't just the hug at the end. That alone should have been penalized. Penalized. However you want to say it. I say penalized. That alone should have been called. But even before, just him getting into the route, he's getting pulled. He's getting pushed. He's getting like, it is nuts. It is nuts. And as a defensive back, I'm like, throw that flag. Like, because that's what happens, especially especially in a cruiser situation when that is happening. I mean, that is clear as day what was going on that whole entire route. So that's a that's a that's a horrible, horrible call. Especially too, like Curtis Sam was a strong, he's a strong receiver, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and so yeah, that was that was a bad call. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, so so, but what do you make of the whole McLaurin and the side judge uh, 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 deal? With you know, the check. Go ahead. No, so what's what's wild? But it's funny. Again, I always have stories like so talking to my wife about stuff. We were watching Last Chance You, the football one, right? And the cornerback who's was at Oregon. He's at Oregon State, but he's coming up for the draft. Rajon Wright. He talked you, to the he, he talked to you the know, rep. you know you know where he is now. It's getting nickel snaps for the Cowboys. Uh no, his his uh, not Rajon, his brother, his younger brother. Okay. Okay. Um, I think Rajon is the younger brother. And I forget the older brother's name. I don't know. Anyhow, his younger brother uh was supposed to be better. He he was talking to the ref, like, hey, you know, am I good? And the ref said nothing. And I think he called them all sides. And he was like, hey, I asked you. And the ref was like, it's not my job to tell you. But 99.9% of the times you talk to the ref, they got you. They got you. Me, I do it all the time. If I'm impressed, man, yo, when I played receiver, yo, am I good? And they, they always tell me, move, move up a little bit. You're good. Move back a little bit. Like, they always, always tell me. Like, that's just what it is. And so the fact that not the not the fact that it just happened, but it happened to a star player like Terry McLaurin. Like that right there, it's like again, it's it's bad. It's bad. Does he have to tell him? No, he does not have to tell him. But it's the inconsistency of the communication with the referees. Again, all these things that happen, it's hard when these are all judgment calls. Like Sure, he can he can tell him if I want if he wants to or he doesn't. You know, that's so, that's what makes it super, super hard. But were you ever in a position where you check with the ref, he said move up or move back, and then you didn't move up or move back? If he tells me to move up and I didn't, yeah, then he threw the flag. Or okay, move back and I didn't. I kind of feel like, and I've watched this video a million and a half times. McLaurin like st- thumbs ups to the ref. And the ref kind of gives him a move up a little bit sign. McLaurin moves up a little bit and then never like looks back at the ref, which I I don't fault him for it, right? Because I feel like, why would he not? But he kind of does another thumbs up like this, but he's looking in on the ball. And it was then the ref threw his flag, which makes me feel like the ref, maybe the ref did say something 
but he Maybe just didn't, he didn't feel like he moved enough, right? Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, but I'm not giving it... the, I'm not giving the ref benefit of the doubt. I'm not doing that. They <laughs> they just rocked the whole damn series that game. Like I'm not trying to hear nothing. Yeah, no, it was it was a tough series, but uh, it pretty much locks the Giants in for the playoffs. With that, uh, another team that's locked into the playoffs with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Their quarterback's collarbone may not be locked into place though. As I mean, that's what happens. You know, you you run the ball a lot. Eventually, it's it's gonna happen. You know, I remember we had a player, a safety, Atari Big B. He used to he used to walk around the building when I was in Green Bay, and he would say, "The human body is not made to play football." He would just he would just be funny, just yell that out. The human body is not made to play football, and he is right. The injury, the injury rate, not wrong. The injury rate is one hundred percent. Even when parents talk to me like, oh, what's it like? I'm like, your son's going to get hurt. It just depends on how. He might break a finger. He might roll an ankle. He might do something, but he's going to get hurt. That's just what it is. And so when you're in a situation where you keep running the football, it's going to happen. That's why right now, we can't, we've been talking about it for a decade now, how running backs are extinct. is because they get hit every play. Every play. You know who, you know which position it takes the longest to get out of bed? It's probably offensive linemen because they get hit every play and they're running backwards trying to stop a pass. Your job rush. is to, your job is literally to stand in front of people trying to hit you. Yes. Offensive linemen. Yeah. And you're like trying to resist the whole time. I bet their ankles are fried trying to stop the things from pass rushing. <laughs> so I mean, that's just that's just the battle. You know, their offense is involves him running the football, hence why he is you know, now over a thousand yards rushing. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, I'm not saying, I didn't think it would happen because he's, he's pretty durable and he does take care of himself. I mean, he was going viral with his post post game workouts that he used to do. He probably still does them. Um, Right. So, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough for them. Um, However, however, you know, part of the reason why <clears throat> Jalen Hurts MVP candidacy has been, I want to say diminished, but it's kind of like, yes, he's playing great football, so he should be listed and his team is, you know, they only lost one game, but he has a really good team. Like that team is set up for a QB to come in there and like, hey, you know, like we got good oh, action yeah. on both sides of the football. So don't come in here and try to do something out of the ordinary that's going to really mess this up. And the fact, and I think, you know, Gardner, Gardner is a quarterback who can come in and do that. He can do, he can do really good things. Is he going to be, do it at the caliber level of Justin Fields? No, because it's a different style. Um, the fact that he's getting Dallas Gardner back is massive because Gardner, you know, is, is, is good going towards the tight ends. Um, but overall, I'm not, I'm not so concerned. That's why the fact that they're, you know, a pretty, for despite you know no for for the for how good this team is for them to to be this kind of a big underdog is 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 pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of exaggeration. Like I, with Hertz, I thought the Cowboys had a good shot to win the game, but I thought it'd be close. I still think the Cowboys have a shot to win this game, but the idea yeah. that they're going to be five six point favorites that's insanity. Um, uh, I, I saw as soon as it happened with Hurts, that that was a roughing the passer penalty had it been in the pocket. Like, that's what they're trying to avoid. They are. That's how Aaron about, Rodgers got hurt, right. Exactly. The Anthony Barr is that when they're talking about the body weight and the bouncing off of guys. And that, right. like, that's exactly what happened. It just so happened. Hurt, Jalen Hurts was a running back at the time, and so there you go. Um, but I'd say uh, uh, in terms of this injury, I thought it was more serious than it seems that everybody in the world is letting out. Um, I, 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 you know, the, the idea that he may play Christmas Eve is, is insane to me. Yeah. I mean, again, only they know the severity <clears throat> on, on what they think it is. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to me, but I'm not overall, I'm not overly concerned. Uh, um, because again, they got the dudes all over the place. And clearly we talked about, you know, whoever's covering opposite Trayvon Diggs is having issues. And they didn't even use Miles Sanders last week, like how they should have. And, you know, they were still it was a late touchdown that made the score closer than what it was. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not tripping about the Jalen Hurts because it's it's the team that's that's also really good. He's just he's also he's just a big part of it as well. That's a very nice way to say what Michael Parsons was saying earlier a couple of a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it's he, there's 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 validation to what he said though. He just it's just the fact that it's Micah. And Micah has been insanely outspoken all year long about everything. And so it's like soon as somebody says something, you immediately don't even bother to really find out what he's what he's saying. You just don't want to hear it because of how he's saying it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what makes sure. it tough. But if you really look at it, you're like, if he if he said it in a cool, chill manner, then it probably would have came out differently. But I don't know. So your boy, Zach Wilson, I asked you a few weeks ago if he was done in the NFL. You were like, of course not. He's going to start for the New York Jets. Well, he started for the New York Jets this week, and he'll be starting for him again tomorrow. And I still wonder, is he done in the NFL? Because he's like the worst check down throw I've ever seen. And it's like, that doesn't, it feels like like something that you would say, like it would be hyperbolic, right? He's like, how is this guy the worst check down throw you've ever seen? But no, literally one of the worst check down throwers I've ever seen. He's going to start again for the Jets on Thursday in a game that's a must-win game for him. They lost against the Lions in a game that was a must-win game for him as well. They didn't call a single timeout. It felt like down the stretch. I was, I don't know about it. I had the Jets in that game. I'm watching them just, just let clock run off. And it's just like, what are they, what are they doing? I just could not understand it whatsoever. I felt like Garrett Wilson. In fact, <laughs> as he's not afraid to show how he feels about what's going on with the Jets right. offense. Me and him were doing similar movements in my living room. He's just on the football field. Yeah, I mean. I went back and looked at this game and I thought, I thought overall outside of Zach almost throwing a pick second play of the game. I thought for the most part, he played good football. I think um, the bar is in hell. Huh? I said the bar is in hell. This is like when, uh, you know, bar, the bar, the bar of, of, of but listen, but listen, 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 but listen. So I, Here's here's what has improved. I thought he played better with his with his eyes down the field. You know, I think because he was trying to do so much and he was so frazzled that a lot of times he's looking at the lineman, then he's looking downfield, and then he's trying to get to his first read, and it's usually too late. So I thought he played better with his eyes downfield. Um, obviously, you know, Lafleur threw up th- drew up a combine play to. Uh, CJ Uzama, you know, he threw her across the yeah. field, which is which that is was a good... my exact thought. Yeah, I was like which... that. That's the pro day throw. That's the <laughs> yeah, pro, that's day, the pro throw. day throw, uh, which was good. He had now again. This this is where it shows like him still trying to figure out his timing, and this is what a lot of other young quarterbacks we mentioned with Trevor Lawrence is that he's he is he has a lot of misfires, you know, especially those deep dig routes, the deep in breaking routes. He's either ahead, he's he, he either sells it or like that. So. I think eventually more repetition like that's going to come into play. Those are the plays that actually Mike White was was hitting. And then he then he had a, um, you know, he floated that one. I think it was cover two, which was what he was doing. But he he didn't have he didn't have many of those issues that he had before. And I would say that was like like three. There was like three different instances in which there was this. his receiver saved his ass. Like and his run, Michael Carter saved that man on that. If he had thrown interception on that fluttering ball, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right. That would have been terrible, right? And so I think for the most part, like you know, I thought he played. I think I thought he played good football, and despite all of the clock management situations, they still were in position for a field goal. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought Elijah Moore should have caught it and slid down, but he, you know, he didn't know where he was. You know, he should have caught it, dropped down. That was like a whole 10 yards. I believe that he lost running backwards, running the clock out because they still had a couple of timeouts uh, left. So again, I thought, I thought it was encouraging football. I thought if he made some of those 
deep in breaking routes that were on good timing. Um, like it would have been good. So it was for me what Zach, because Zach Wilson was playing so bad this year, it was encouraging because then yes, they're obviously they're still competing to try to make the playoffs this year, but it is encouraging uh, in the future because he'll, he actually will have a lot of tape to watch. So to, to look at what he did this year and look at the things that Mike White this year and look at the things that he actually did himself uh, do well this year. And then, you know, he'll get some, he'll get Brees Hall back next year and then, you know, they'll figure out some other things. But yeah, he, I think he's still the quarterback of the future. It's just he, he truly, he truly had to go through some adversity to, well, he found to figure, it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And it's, but, in in one in one way or another, like you're gonna you're gonna have to do it. You have to get scars. You have to get some scar tissue. You know, it's like when 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 you break a bone, it actually it's stronger because it calcifies, and now your bone is 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 stronger. And um, you know me. Every time I talk about this, I relate it to myself and my family in somehow in some way. When when our son was, I coached his basketball team last year. We won every we won like pretty much every game. Lost one. And then we lost a championship and he was absolutely devastated. We lost championship game. And then he played two uh, NJB seasons. I don't think he won a game. I don't think he won a game. And I know I wasn't, I was not the head coach, but he did not win a game. But I said, did you improve? He's like, I did. Did you? So, but those games actually like hardened him, made him like, okay. Like I understand the process. He's playing on his club team and he's actually, you know, he's the starter on his club team, but you have to make that team. And I think right now, Zach Wilson is trying to understand the process and this, and he's understanding the process in a rough environment for the Jets. It, like it wouldn't be this crazy. He's playing for like the Texans or the Jaguars. It sure. wouldn't be this crazy. Well, right now, you know, Jets fans are hoping that Mike White's ribs start to calcify. He can get back out there before this playoff <laughs> thing is completely over with. Uh, Which is fine quick, because that's, look, that's overachieving. Look, you, you spent a whole bunch of time talking about the Jets next year. Let's take a quick break and talk about the Jets tomorrow. They take on the Jaguars, and we'll take a quick break and pick that game and some others. Have you been betting with the Caesar Sportsbook and Casino app? If so, keep it up because every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means win or lose, you're getting closer to amazing perks like game tickets, free stays, bonuses, and more. And if not, well, when you get started, your first bet is on Caesars. Register with promo code Omaha Full and place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, You'll get your stake back as a free bet. 21 years plus only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 or more wager only must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit, $1,250 must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas. Affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. License through Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. All right, well, this just came out. Hot off the presses. Trevor Lawrence, questionable. Questionable for Thursday night. I bet he goes, uh, especially if he went after that Detroit game. Coming to see him come back in there. That kid's tough. I, I see him on the field. Uh, the Jaguars are one-point underdogs right now to the Jets. That's probably going to swing around as the quarterback situation might may, may or may not change to over under 38. Who do you like in this game? Oh, man. I like the Jags. Yeah, me too. 
<laughs> simple as that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, sometimes football is a simple game, right? And if yeah. it's a game like this where you're telling me to just pick it, you know, and I just picked a better quarterback, I'll be Wait, where is this game? Is it New York? Yeah. Oh, man. That toe's going to be, be too that toe, cold. going to be cold. That could be that could be a weird game for Jacksonville. <laughs> oh man, that's going to be a weird game for Jacksonville. Gosh, not even. Not, I'm not worried about the the cold the cold situation. Well, not not cold as in like they're going to be cold, but cold as in like the game is going to be weird. Um. Yeah, and and they got here's what's hard for Jacksonville is they they got two division games after this. And I mean they got they gotta win those two division games, right? To 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 win the South. Yeah. But it's fully in play. And Tennessee has lost the last four four of the last five. No, it is it is fully in play. That's my whole point. It's fully in play. This game now this game this game's not gonna matter. Do you think so? Is that so? Does that do do teams really do that? Do teams really kind of overlook games like that? I understand that, like, I'm yeah, sure, sure I'm maybe sure. they don't come against they the don't, Texans, they don't overlook it, but subconsciously they know their destiny. You know, they're yeah. right now the Jaguars are in the Tampa Bay situation. You win your division, you're good. Disgusting. I mean, that's the easiest road to playoffs. I remember walking when I was in Seattle during training camp. Pete Carroll had signs all over the building that says, win the West. That's the goal. Win the West. I don't care what you do, win the West. When I was in, when I was in Washington, Coach Minuski will win. Win six of them, you know what? The MFers. B-I-T-C-H's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, win them things. Win your division. And you're good. So this could be a situation where it's like, oh, we're going, we're going to New York. You know, our quarterback's toes a little jacked up. <clears throat> we're playing against a lights-out defense. And next week, we got two division games. And we just had a beautiful win versus a, a really good opponent. Oh, this one's tough for me. Bro, I'm, I need more than – I'm not – I'm not betting on Zach Wilson as a favorite. It's not tough for me. They're, they're, that's the beginning and the end for me. Right, I'm, wearing, I'm wearing the chains. I'll go Jaguars. All right. How about that? What, uh, what, but uh, don't what say I didn't tell you so if it happens otherwise. <laughs> I like that. I like how you pick both sides of it. You can't be wrong. I'm not picking both sides. You're going to see <laughs> no, me. I'm going to check off Jags. What, uh, what, what, other, what game jumps out at you? Um, you know what game jumps out? I mean, we already talked about it. I like the Eagle Cowboy game, but I am definitely interested, and I'll be watching that game from wire to wire when the Packers go to South Beach and play the Dolphins. Yo, I think the Dolphins are on major, major upset alert. I'm telling you, that's a second. <laughs> it it uh, it is that is going to be a dangerous game uh, because he's Aaron. He he knows what it, the whole team knows what it is. They got to win out with some help, and them young receiver hands are not, are going to be thawed out. Okay, they're going to be thawed out, and then hopefully, hopefully, like you know, hopefully Joe Barry like plays smart. Um, he plays he plays smart and just take takes away the explosive. That's 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 what you that's all you got to do is take away the explosive plays. You got two. You well, got probably the two fastest receivers yeah. in the league. I mean, when Jalen Waddle caught that ball over the middle and took off, I could not believe how quick he went from zero to sixty. Like that right there, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" You like you leaving other grown men in the dust like that in the freezing cold. <laughs> like that for me, I was like, "God damn!" But yeah, I, this this I'm totally interested to see this game because first of all, Green Bay has to win this game. They do not have a choice. They must win this game. This one. You know, if you told me that uh I put it like this. 
I thought that Mike McDaniel would have learned his lesson after the Chargers game and come out and ran the ball a lot more in Buffalo, especially in the second half. He didn't. He didn't. So I don't know if he learned his lesson or not, but I know this. The Packers defense, wide open against the run, but if you try to pass it on them, they're pretty good. They, they have good players on the back end. They have good pass defense. I I like that matchup between the Packers defense and the – I mean, I'm sorry uh, – but between the Packers defense and the Dolphins offense, as long as the Dolphins don't come out and run the ball, and what we've seen so far out of Mike McDaniel is like he seems to run the ball. Ever since that video came out of him where he said, I think I'm going to throw the ball on every drive, he seems like he's completely alerted to running the ball. But what game? What what else jumps out at you, Will, on the slate? Um. Yeah, it's it's really it's really those two games, the the Eagles okay. and the Cowboys and the Packers and the Dolphins. I mean, I'm not like there's. I'll tell you, uh, you know what? Speaking of upset alert, speaking of upset alert, I think this is a massive trap game for the Chargers versus the Colts. I think you picked the Colts last week too. Yeah, well, I was right for most of the game. <laughs> well, they covered. I mean, they they still no, covered they, the four. They did still cover, yeah. yes. Um, but I I think this is a situation where because right now the Chargers, the destiny is still in their hands, right? They still need to. They're not in yeah, yet. Char- the Chargers are not in yet, but uh, the odds are looking like it's it's a good shot for them to get in. Yeah, I think this is a a massive trap game, national television, and then Foles is coming in, playing with house money again. Like, I'm sure he's still talking to Frank Reich about, like, what to do. I'm sure something like that's happening. Like, I'm sure Frank Reich isn't, you know. <laughs> if I'm Frank Reich, I'd be like, hey, man, good no, luck, Just Nick. throw it to the other team. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Nick. <laughs> good luck, pal. Uh, I'm busy. Not working. Uh, I don't let – the Colts are a team I fundamentally cannot support and will not back. but. I do. I'm I'm smart enough to know the numbers are funny here. Like the idea that the Vikings came back and they didn't cover. Like I, it's hard for me to lean either way on this. I think I would take the Chargers on the four, but also I know that I'm looking. I, I have complete bias and hatred towards the Colts. I like. I don't. Like they are whispering at Christmas in Indianapolis. That would make me miserable. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. Two lines that uh, well, two lines that jumped out at me that I thought were kind of underpriced. Go ahead, talk right? about it. I know you're gonna talk about it because it's in my parlay when we talk about it. Let's go. Let's go, Seattle. No, that, <laughs> I didn't think that I, I thought that was about right. But the ones I thought was under was odd price. I thought the Lions at two and a half versus the Panthers. I feel like that game should be Lions like minus four or five. Minus four little, or five. I feel like the Lions have shown they're one of the better teams in the NFC over the last 10 games. Okay. No? Not that. Um, no, I sh- they yeah, but not by that much. And then what about the Bengals three and a half think, by the Patriots? I think, hold on. I think the Lions game, I think okay. the Lions Panthers game is fair because both of them are still in play. Yeah. And the Panthers have been playing like pretty good football. They've been playing pretty good. I mean, decently since uh, Matt Rule got fired, but also ultimately their head coach did get fired earlier this year. They traded their best running back on the and starting they, quarterback starts their, for somebody else. Yeah, and they're on right. They're back to Sam after playing everybody on earth. <laughs> and they're still in contention. That is that's, that's football. Right. What about the Bengals uh minus three and a half versus the Patriots? Uh, I like that. I think I think right now the Bengals. I think what happened in the AFC is that like the dust is settling on like who who like who's so about that life, you know? And it's the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals are the three teams right now are just all right, let's let's get let's get to the divisional and the championship game now. You know what I'm saying? So I like that too. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about that. Yeah, I like it too. I'm 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 taking Joe Burrow against the spread, uh, and I'm going to continue to do so until he's going to have to lose back-to-back games against the spread until I start to not bet on the Bengals against the spread. And, you know, 
I think it's 17 and three in his last 20. 18 right. and three in his last 21. Right. I'll go ahead and take that. Well, let's take a quick break and then bust out of lemon pepper parlays. You teased it a little bit, my friend. You going with uh, Pete Carroll and his chewing gum? Yeah, let me the, in the uh, the Nike Monarchs. You know the, the, <laughs> the Air Monarchs. The Air Monarchs. Those things are those are the widest shoe I've ever seen, man. Uh, uh, Mow the lawn ones. I seen them in <laughs> I seen them in person. Now those are the ones you you put the spikes on to climb Mount Everest. That's what those are right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, my lemon pepper parlay, man. You know I tease a little bit with the Seahawks versus the Chiefs, obviously. There's a right now the Seahawks are dealing with some injuries with Lockett being out for a bit. And then we don't know what the deal is with Kenneth Walker. But right now that that chief secondary is just giving up the goods. You know, that's why I'm like, yeah. like you can score points despite like you. If you watch the game and you just look at the like the scoring, you're like, man, the Chiefs like struggle, like everyone struggled. Mahomes played absolutely outstanding. Like, I mean, yes, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of solidified. Like, look, guys, again, I'm proving you why. Like, I'm the dude because right now on the opposite side of the ball, like things are going well. This happened the same year he won the MVP. Like, things weren't going well, and I still went out there and threw everything and put my team in position. So, but my point again is that defense. I have issues. So at the nine and a half. I'm like, ah, it could be a little closer. It could be a touchdown. It could be, if it was at seven, I'd probably take the Chiefs at nine and a half. I like Seattle. So I like them to cover. Uh, They're in my parlay. Also, who has been playing pretty good football despite their team's success have been the Houston Texans. I like the Texans going to Tennessee, who has, I don't know what the heck's going on with Tennessee right now. I like Houston to go into Tennessee and the, Oiler Texan Bowl, and I like them covering that game as well. And then my last in my parlay, I like the Eagles covering versus the Cowboys. I think that right there has some promise. Yeah, I've so your last leg of your parlay is the first leg of mine. I like the Eagles to cover against the Cowboys too. Gardner Minshew, if nothing else, is accurate. Right. And I think that that's when right. you got guys on the edge like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and the best offensive line in football. And you get Dallas Goddard back. And you get Dallas Goddard back. I expect him to be able to move the ball on a Cowboys defense when which is not going to have Leighton Van Der Esch and uh, Kelvin Joseph is going to be there. And that's maybe more of a problem right. uh, for the Cowboys in their secondary. I like the Eagles to definitely keep this one close. I'm going to wait to put it in, though, until closer to game time because, A, hey, Jalen Hurts is not going to play in this game. And this line is, I think we might be able to get Cowboys maybe minus six, Cowboys minus seven to bet on the other side of that and take the Eagles. Um, and the other game that I'm putting in and pairing that with, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. We just saw him last uh, last uh, um, primetime Monday night. He, that offense doesn't look good. but. Aaron Rodgers, when he still drops back and throws it with authority on time, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's still, it's still like <laughs> it's it, still it, the best football. Yeah, I mean, like the the sum of all the parts, it's not great. But if you can maneuver the minefield just a little bit, and I think with the pressure being on, and then you know what I really like too, I like the fact that there's talk right now that's criticizing him in the media. I find that he tends to come out and play better. They're in the regular season, if nothing else. Yeah, when back he, to back MVPs when they talk about him. Right. When he when he is uh <laughs> like when when he has to uh, somehow address, like I think he'd be called the story extreme nothingness or a big yeah. nothing burger. Nothing burger, a big yeah, nothing whenever burger. He, call whenever it. he has to deal with these nothing burgers, he seems to come out on Sunday and play with uh with on an incredible level. This is a Christmas day. I think it's the first game. Like I said, I like this team to win outright against the Dolphins. So I'm definitely taking the four and a half. So that's my lemon pepper parlay. The Eagles You go on money plus, line or cover? I'm taking them on I'm just taking them to cover just because you know this guy is well, well bro I'm I'm doing everybody a favor here. Because here's the deal. So you're gonna win regardless of you say well I I, I tend to think so but if you lose this money line bet this is Christmas Day, this game. You're surrounded with your family. 
or your old lady or whoever, and you're sitting there and you're cursing the TV because, you know, you really, really thought that this was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And then you've already lined it up into Saturday, from Saturday into Sunday probably because you're rolling things over. Don't ruin your Christmas morning with the money line play. You've seen the way that some of these games have went. The Vikings scored 35 unanswered points and did not cover a four-point spread just a couple days ago. So play the spread, stay safe on the money line, and enjoy your Christmas holiday. That's my suggestion. <laughs> well, Will, with that, a Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Hey, a Merry Christmas uh, to you. I'm excited. And uh, and get your, your travel schedule figured out so that way you can book after your son's game. You know what I'm saying? There is some there's some travel situations. You know, you, you maybe might I'll come. Maybe I'll show know. up like Sunday. Cause I really I really want to go Monday because then after all the, the game and after like you know, then we can go to like Zook and turn up. Yeah. I know Let's how to turn up. There. I know how to turn up at Vegas. Like I, I get it. Like I know Vegas. Like I could live in Vegas. You could that's a scary, scary thing to say out loud. You could live in Vegas. Yes, right? no question. Easily. Well, if that's the case, then you have to at least come for Sunday morning. You have to at least come for Sunday and Monday because I'll be there and I'll be locked into all the games and everything. I I'm not going to be yeah, locked, in. I'm not gonna be be locked into the games. Actually, I'll be locked into the games. I like to go to Cigar 8. That's my that's my spot right there. Well, we'll be at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. So I'll meet you guys there yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> Will Blackman, stop by and everybody else. Ticketmastervegas.com. Just watch by. out for that alleyway. That's a that's a that's the alleyway's a little sus. So make it'll sure it'll be it'll be well lit and safe for everybody who wants to come to the just JKCC. As soon as you see soon as you see as soon as you see JKCC, just jump right up in the building and don't worry about the alleyway. <laughs> sus All right, everybody. There. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy your holidays.